If you build it, they will come. So you've launched your business, you've built your website, you've put it online, and you're sat there waiting. When are they going to email me? When are the customers going to come? When is the flood of orders going to arrive? Well, I hate to break your bubble, but Hollywood lied to us. If you build it, they are not going to come unless you promote it. You drive traffic, you get it out there, you tell people about it. So this episode gives you 10 ways to promote your brand new website, to drive traffic and to work to find those new customers. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. You've built your website. Why is no one visiting and buying? It's the biggest question we could ask with websites. I've got back with me today, Henry Nicholson, who runs Rebel Business School. He's into websites. He's my friend. Welcome back to the show, Henry Nicholson. Hello. I'm so glad you added that he's my friend bit at the end there. It's not just a work relationship, is it? Well, maybe it is. I don't know. Well, yeah, let's not go too far there, Henry. What type (laughs) of relationship do you want? Anyway, moving on quick before this gets awkward and uncomfortable for the guests and me. We've got Henry Nicholson back because building a website is step one. Step two is actually far bigger, getting people to visit the website. Like the biggest lie out there, Henry, is if you build it, they will come. Hollywood has taught us that. And it's just not true. If you build it, no one will come until you promote it, tell them about it and get it out there. And that is the subject of today's podcast. Absolutely. It was, uh, I think Field of Dreams was the first movie that that came out in. It was Wayne's World for me. It was the biggest lie Wayne ever told me. <laughs> I grew up believing this. And Alan. we trusted Wayne. We trusted Wayne. Yeah, for those of you who are too young to remember Wayne's World, it was an amazing movie. Very, very silly. But they did. If you build it, they will come. And actually, it's said lots of times. No one will come to your website. They're not just going to find it. You're not just going to stumble across it. Like That does not happen. It literally does not happen. So how do you get it in front of your customers? How do you get people to visit? It's promote, promote, promote. It's get it out there. How many people have you built websites for, Henry, that come back and go, no one's visited? Well, thankfully, not a huge amount, but that's usually because I tell them that as I leave them with the website. (laughs) (laughs) This won't just happen. You have to put it in front of people. You have to go and tell people. Like the world has changed, you know, the way that people shop. People don't go into the high street anymore to go and buy stuff. They order it online because it's more convenient. And actually, most people don't know what shops are in their high street anymore because it's not that often anymore that they even go. So, you know, if we have a new shop, if we've got a new website, we need to put the hard work in to make sure people know it actually exists. People don't just walk past anymore. So when we're talking about driving traffic, that's basically a web developer promotion term of getting people to visit your website, your store. Because in the old days, the way you did it exactly as Henry said was you'd find the street, physical street that had the most people walking down it. And then you would put your shop there so that people would see it. And that's how you got customers. In the new days, we're putting our shop online 
and it's on the busiest street around because that's where people go on the internet. But the problem is they won't walk down the side alley to where your shop is. They just won't see it unless you have a big sign, unless you're out there grabbing people, unless you're bringing them to your piece. Because people are going to other sites. They're going to Amazon. They're going to social media. They're going to Google. They're not coming to you unless you drag them across. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And, you know, last time we were chatting about uh, SEO or search engine optimization, one of the big things that we sort of hammered home in that is that that's a long-term play. SEO is not going to solve all of your problems. And if it does, it's not going to happen very quickly. You know, the, the whole point of driving traffic is that it kickstarts your website, kickstarts your business and helps to get people there quickly so that your business can start to thrive. That will in turn impact your SEO later because as we've already mentioned, Google likes to promote websites that have got traffic already. So we need to start pushing people through to this thing organically before SEO is going to do anything for us. And these are a mix of fast things you can do and slightly slower things you can do to kickstart that. But it's your energy. That's what you've got to do. That's what you've got to kickstart and get going. And actually, episode 21 was Ryan Stubblefield talking about is SEO dead and paid adverts, which we're going to come on to in a second. Episode 22 was Henry talking about search engine optimization and getting to the top of Google. And then this episode, which kind of complements that, we're on episode 24 of season two at the moment, is the one that says, okay, promote, get your business out there. So if you've built a website, if you have a website that's underperforming, like we need to get people to see it. And these are the top 10 ways to get people to visit your website. Henry, let's crack on in to the top 10 ways to get people to visit your website. What is number one? Why is it number one? Are these in order or is it just a random brain dump? These are in no real particular order other than I like to take down the myths first. So we're going with the top level. Isn't this the easiest option? Uh, and we're going to take that down and we're going to go all the way through to what we feel is the most relevant. So starting at number one, we're going to jump straight into paid ads. Paid adverts. So number one, you want me to spend money, Henry? I don't want you to spend money, but I don't want to pretend that that option doesn't exist. And I think paid ads is one of the most asked for things at the Rebel Business School courses. Is it worth it? Should I start with it? And is that not the easiest way to get people to my website? And quite frankly, no, it's not. Eventually it becomes relevant. But the thing with paid for advertising is that it's so easy to spend a huge amount of money putting your business in front of the wrong people. And what we need to do is work really, really hard to make sure we know who our audience is. We know what kind of message they need so that when we eventually go to pay for advertising through Facebook or Google or Instagram, whatever works for you, we know that it's the right message in front of the right person. So that return on investment is going to be as high as humanly possible. If you start here, you're going to spend a lot of money on not necessarily the right message or the right audience. Which then it becomes really interesting because that is an expensive marketing mini experiment because you're throwing money <laughs> at marketing to try and learn. Whereas what we'd actually suggest is you throw time and energy at marketing to learn and then accelerate when you have had those learnings about who your target market is, who you actually want to sell to. And actually that's the underlying theme that's going to come out through every single one of these so we're not going to touch it on every single one, but the underlying theme is know who you are selling to. 
the more defined your niche market is, the easier all of these methods will be for you to actually implement. Know your target market is underlying all of them. So number one is paid ads. We don't recommend you start here. This is absolutely an option. What we recommend is you start with the other tools, the other techniques that we've spoken about, get the learning of who your target market is, and then circle round to do a marketing mini experiment on paid adverts. So you might put £50 or $50. You're operating from profit, not debt. You might put that money in, do a test to this audience, put a specific offer in front of a specific audience, see if they respond. If they do, you can expand. If they don't, we've learned a lesson. But do that marketing mini experiment from a position of already having worked out who your audience is rather than wasting lots of money trying to work out who your audience is. Exactly that. Couldn't have put it better myself, Alan. I love that. So more on paid ads. Go back to episode 21. Ryan Stubblefield is SEO dead. There's the first one. Let's move on quickly to number two, Henry. Number two on the top 10 list. Number two for me is uh, a Google product. It is Google My Business. Now, you would have seen this. uh, We have already spoken about this. A lot of people are raving about it at the moment because they are developing this and making it so hugely valuable for businesses. Google My Business is how you get your business onto Google Maps. It's how you come up in the search engine because Google actually know that you exist. Google My Business does more than just put you on a map. It also helps you completely lay out your business, your opening hours, the services you offer. You can even sell products through it now. You can list your products on Google My Business, on Google Maps. It's a brilliant, brilliant tool to manage your business, find customers, and get you on the map in front of local people. I love that. So stop listening to Henry. Go to Google, type in Google My Business and set up your account now and get the pin on the map. Start doing that for your business. It is an incredible route to getting your business out there. And basically what you're doing is you're putting your business where people are already searching. People are already searching on the maps. They're already searching for X business in X town on Google itself. Like, why are you not on there? Get yourself on there. Like, stop listening to us and go do it now. That's it. That's exactly it. The day that I put my web design agency onto Google My Business, the very next day, my next door neighbor dropped me an email and said, I need a new website. And I've just realized that my next door neighbor runs an agency. Can we have a chat? (laughs) So I went out the front door and had a coffee. (laughs) It's the most incredible situation that's ever come from it. But honestly, that has probably driven me more business than the long-term SEO or social posts or networking that I've done. Google My Business is incredibly valuable. Interesting. And that's what you're good at is that other stuff. Isn't that fascinating? Like, I don't think Henry and I can say this strong enough. If your business is not on Google My Business, do it. Get it on there. Get the pictures in. Get some people to review your business. Figure it out. We can help you. I've got an episode coming up with Christina on the coaching series where we will be going through her Google My Business listing and helping her get out there. Like, this is so critical. So that's number two. Google My Business. Go do it. Bringing on to number three, Henry, number three, the third way to drive traffic is blogging. Blogging. Ooh, the big B, blogging. You mean I have to write stuff? 
you actually have to create something, Alan. Oh, oh. it's a nightmare. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I love creation. We all do. People have thrown around the word blogging for years, and sometimes it's actually still a little bit unclear what it even is. You know, what is a blog? Have I got one already? How do I add one to my website? And think of a blog as temporary articles, temporary pages, lighter weight pages for your website, where you can create content, tell stories, teach people stuff, and put content out into the world. Google, or search engines rather, are much more likely to show you an article about the question that you've asked in Google rather than the entire website. Because the idea of a search engine is that it wants to show you the most value first. So it's going to send you directly to the piece of content rather to the homepage where you then have to find your way there. So creating content on a blog. And by the way, this also sort of extends to YouTube videos as well. I would class a YouTube video as a, as a piece of content like this. Creating content based on what your customers are searching for is an excellent way of driving traffic to your business because suddenly it's relevant, people have a reason to click on it, and it's more likely to come up in the search engine. So how do we find out what people are searching for, Henry? Because I guess like we need to answer audience questions. How do we know what they're asking? Yeah, exactly. And there's a few ways that we can do this. We alluded to a lot of them in uh, episode 22, so it's worth checking that out if you haven't already. But there's a couple of main ones for me. My top one for that is just ask them. It's the number one thing. that I, It seems really simple, but it's the top thing that I do with all of my customers. I always ask, how did you find me? What were you looking for? What problem were you trying to solve when you came across my business? Most of the time, uh, for me as a web designer, it's uh, due to a lack of knowledge. I don't know how to build a website, so I need someone else to do it, don't I? Sometimes it's, I just don't want to deal with the hassle. So I wanted to find somebody else to do it for me. And I wanted somebody local. So that's why they're searching on things like Google Maps, et cetera. Asking your customers why or what they're looking for and what they would search to find your business is a brilliant way of sourcing what those pieces of content might be. Another option to do this, uh, which we, we did mention last time, is a website called Answer the Public. Answer the Public is this brilliant website. You'll, you'll open it up and there'll be a picture of a man staring really intensely at you out of the screen. It's quite intimidating. <laughs> but what you do is you type in your topic. Uh, so, you know, based on your business, so it might be life coaching, massage, cakes, you know, whatever it is, photography. It will then show you based on search data what people are asking in relation to that topic. And it will give you this huge mind map of all of the types of questions, that's your list of content. That gives you all of the articles, all the things that you should write to come up in the search engines. I love that. So number three is creating your own content on your website and answering people's questions. So it's blogging. Get out there, create content, give value. There is a bit you need to share that value as well, Henry. You can't just stick it online because we're back to if I build it, they will come. Because if I write a load of blogs, obviously people will show up, won't they? Well, mm, I wish. I wish my <laughs> my job and life would be so much easier. You're absolutely right. If you just post it online, it's not enough. You do need to show people. But the fact that you've created content on something that they're looking for gives them a reason to click on it. So if you set, share it on social media or in an email or whatever, they're much more likely to go to it. So there's a guy called Matt who, who we've already met on the podcast. He was in episode six. He talked about his startup story, Matt the Carpenter. Matt does this brilliantly. 
he is the only person that has an answer the public mind map stuck on his bedroom wall above his desk. Does he? He does. Wow. He really does. And, you know, because he's creating content about woodworking, which is quite niche as it is. But he needs to figure out what are people actually looking for? What? How can I add the most value? So he went on to answer the public. He typed in woodworking and some of the other relevant topics around that. And he's got these huge mind maps, which are the list of content that he's going to create. Now, here's Matt's absolute genius stroke. He posted a video on YouTube. Uh, YouTube is Matt's sort of primary channel. That's where all of his subscribers are. That's where he makes his money. He posted one video on YouTube that was titled How to Sharpen a Chisel. How to Sharpen a Chisel. So people are searching for how do I sharpen a chisel? Yeah. And if you think about it, if you break that down a minute, it's obscenely simple how to sharpen a chisel. So anybody looking to sharpen a chisel, that's going to come up. And that's probably the thing they're going to search, right? It's exactly the vocabulary that people would use. And the best bit, who who are searching how to sharpen a chisel? It's other woodworkers, isn't it? It's the exact mm. audience that Matt wants. It's, you don't get florists asking how to sharpen a chisel. You won't get masseuses asking how to sharpen a chisel. And I'd be worried if they were, unless they were part-time woodworkers, and which point they're Matt's audience. So Matt has currently, at this moment in time, 200,000 subscribers. That video has just under a million views. It has just over a million, Henry. I just literally did this Google now. Like, If you're listening to this, go to Google, type in, how do I sharpen a chisel? It's fascinating. His video comes up number one, huge on Google's, like is literally the only thing you can click. He's got 1.158 million views on this video. Like, that's unbelievable, Henry. What a top of the funnel. Yeah, unreal. And and here's the thing. Not everybody that wants to sharpen a chisel cares about Matt's content, but he knows that 100% of them are his audience, potential audience. So by creating this piece of content that answers a question that his audience are looking for the answer to, it pushes them through the top of his funnel. They see his channel. They see his content. That's where a huge portion of Matt's YouTube growth comes from. It's really, really, really cool. So that is a just one specific example of how that can work. If you create content, stick it on a blog, obviously tell some people that it's there, that's going to get you some <laughs> huge traffic because it's something that it answers a question. It solves a problem. It gives people what they need to digest. They're not just going to come to your website and find it. You need to push them in that direction. I love that, Henry. That is a fantastic piece of advice. Yeah, so if you're listening to this and you want to see how that works, literally type in how do I sharpen a chisel into Google and see what comes up. It'll be interesting to see that. That's some of the power of blogging, which we should probably move on to number four, which is a slightly different angle. Number four, Henry. Yes, number four. Guest blogging. So everything that we've already said, <laughs> apply that to this. But the, the cool thing is, is that you're not the only person in the world with a blog. You're not the only business in the world that is creating content. You're also not the only business in the world that sh has the same audience. You share an audience with other people in other industries. For example, Matt wants to teach people how to sharpen a chisel. The company that make the chisel share that audience. Right. So if they create content together, they can push each other in front of the same group. So guest blogging, it can be either way. It can either be you writing content for someone else to post on their platform and push traffic back to you. Or it can work the other way where they write content for you 
which saves you a job. Happy days. And then they're obviously going to shout about the fact that they've got a blog published on someone else's website. So either way, you're sharing the traffic, you're sharing the audience, you're putting your business in front of the audience that you need, but just from somebody else's platform. Genius way of doing it. Love that, Henry. So let's just broaden blogging just for a second. There are basically three main types of content you can do on the internet. There are others, but three main. There's written, there's audio, and there's video. Those are the three main ones you kind of produce in there. So when we're talking about blogging and guest blogging, I want you kind of have that. It could be audio, so it could be a podcast. You can guest podcast when you can go on other people's shows and you can do your own podcast. You can write, you can guest blog, and you can blog. You can video, you can do a video, you can put it on your website, you can put it on other people's channel. And I think actually the the format doesn't really matter. What we're talking about is content, valuable content for people, whether it's written, audio, or video. Like There's some others. You could do cartoon, you could do singing, but they're kind of getting more niche. Those are the three main ones on the internet. So that's number three is create your own stuff. Number four, create stuff for someone else's platform or invite people on your platform. There are amazing ways to do it. And just to give you one example of the guest blogging bit, I quite often invite people on the podcast who have audiences and they come on to my podcast and then their audience listens to my podcast and some of them stay and it grows my audience. And then I also go on other people's podcasts to talk about what I do. And you would have heard me on Startup Nation and Choose FI and all these other podcasts that I've done. And when I go on there, some people listen to me and go, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. And they come back and they listen to the podcast. And this is part of the promotion of getting yourself out there. So I don't really care whether it's a podcast, a YouTube channel, a blog, like get out there, get out there. I think that's our <laughs> message, isn't it, Henry? Get out there. It is. It is absolutely get out there. And I know what you're thinking. I know exactly what the next question in your mind is. How do I go about getting a guest blog? How does that work? What do I do? Who do I talk to? What do I ask? And the interesting thing is I don't know. <laughs> so with this, it's it entirely depends on who your audience is, who you're trying to talk to, who you're trying to reach. And actually, if you just rewind, go back to some of the traditional marketing stuff that we've been talking about, drop them an email. Fine, make a list of the top 100 blogs or podcasts or YouTube channels in your industry. See, like, make a list of who you want to make friends with, fire an email out to them, ask if they're interested in collaborating on some content. Now, I know a lot of the time we can feel like we're being annoying. And I've done this before. If you're talking to somebody or, or asking if you can collaborate on a project and they don't necessarily reply, we instantly feel like we're nagging or we feel like, oh, they don't want to, they don't like us. That might not be the case. They're just busy. They're just busy. And here's the beautiful thing. If you want to create a blog for someone, you are saving them a job because I guarantee at the end of every week, they're probably looking at their to-do list going, oh, I never wrote that next blog article. Oh, I never recorded that video. Oh, I never posted it. I never told anyone. By you offering this stuff out, you are helping them. So make a list of who you want to collaborate with, send them an email, find the phone numbers, Send them physical posts if you want to. Hire a carrier pigeon. I don't care how you do it, but get in touch with them. Offer them some help and inspire them to get involved and grow their audience as well as help you to grow yours. Excellent advice. Take action, message people. And actually, as Henry's been talking through these things, people often say to me, Alan, like, 
how have you learned to be such a good business person? Well, the answer is I've sat through my own courses for like 10 years learning this stuff. And as Henry's been speaking, I've been going, oh, that's a good idea. I should do it for the podcast. And I actually have a list of four actions I've written down, having listened to this, Henry, going, I should do that. And I've got answer the public, print out what we need to do for the podcast. And I've got like, what other podcast do I want to get on? Make a list and target them. And I haven't been doing that for a while. And some of you will have existing businesses that you've been growing and but it doesn't matter what stage of business you're at. I've been doing this for a long time and I still go through these lists and go, oh yeah, I should be doing that. I still do it. So make the list, start to take action. There's the first four. Henry, in at number five, what have we got? In at number five, we have the big, the bad, the ugly, social media. Oh man, that feels like it could be 27 podcast episodes. This is literally its own podcast we need to launch a second podcast, the Rebel Entrepreneur Social social Media Podcast. I don't know. I'm not good at names. This is why you're running this. <laughs> rebel Social? Rebel Social. Rebel Marketing. How to be a social rebel. Ooh, socially rebellious. Ooh. Anyway, Ooh, tell us what you mean by social media, Henry. <laughs> tell us what you mean. Give us a couple of tips to get going on these platforms. Like This is a big subject, but just give us a couple of tips. And I promise to everyone listening... I have it in my plans to do a series of podcast episodes unpacking Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and other platforms that you can use to market your business. This is a big subject, but what can you give us that we can action straight away, Henry? What can we do? Yeah. And the reason that I've generalized this as social media is because the advice I want to give, basically, Facebook is not necessarily going to work for every single business. Twitter might be the one that you want to use for your business. Instagram might not work for you at all. I want to generalize at social media. And the advice that I want to give you is across all of these platforms. Just make sure you're using the one that works for you and your customers the best. The advice that I would give you is add nothing but value three or four times before you ask somebody to do something. Now, a lot of you hopefully will have heard of a man called Gary Vaynerchuk. If you haven't, please go and search for him now. He's a very loud, angry uh, <laughs> Russian New Yorker guy from yeah. New Jersey. And his whole thing is about social selling, and it's about using social media to further your business. The whole thing he talks about is adding value. Nobody wants to go onto a social media platform and be sold to. We are not on Facebook to click on a link to somebody else's website. We're on Facebook because we want to socialize. We want to learn. We want to talk to people. We want to communicate. That's exactly what you should be doing with your business first. Otherwise, you haven't earned the right to ask people to buy something. You haven't earned the right to get them to read your blog. You need to add value, join conversations, have fun with it before you can post about your website. But social media is one of the biggest and best ways of getting your business in front of your potential clients. So if you haven't yet braved the world of social media, just pick one or two, your best guess where your customers might be, and the one that you want to ha actually have a go at, the one that excites you the most, get on it, start exploring it, use it as yourself, be a person, don't just be a business, be a person. And then once you've added some value, then you can start pushing through links to your website, talking about the content that you create and all that good stuff. But before you've added value, people don't care. Which actually this ties in quite nicely with number three and number four, because if you create something of value answering the public's questions 
that's what you can share on social media with an interesting image, a headline. I've created this, I've done this, and you, it gives you something to actually share that adds value to people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And just as an example of this, because I know what a lot of you might be thinking, I haven't got time to do all that social media stuff. Surely that's somebody else's job. I need to hire someone. I'm not a specialist. I don't know how to do that. I just want to paint. I just want to do the business bit. I get it. I totally get it because social media is not my favorite thing. But when it equals sales, I absolutely love it. So (laughs) (laughs) we just, we need to figure out how it works best for us. Now, just one really quick example of this. Uh, We had a guy up in Bolton. His name was Neil. He is a personal trainer. Now, as a personal trainer, you know, you want to help people get fit. You want to help people stay healthy. The quick and dirty version of social media marketing is posting a video going, look, I can help you be fit or look, go to my website. I've just launched a new fitness plan. Here's the thing. Nobody cares because they don't know who you are yet. You need to add some value. So this is what Neil does brilliantly. He joins business networking groups. He's a personal trainer. He joins business networking groups, talks to people, and he will just ask a question every single day. So he'll go into this Facebook group. He does this on Facebook and LinkedIn. He will jump into a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group. He will post a question. What's the one thing you're going to do today to further your health? Or what one thing are you trying to do at the moment to look after yourself whilst you're working from home? And none of that is him selling, right? None of that is him going, look at me, I'm brilliant. That is purely adding value. He's starting conversations. He's engaging with people. And then what happens? People just comment and they go, oh, I'm making sure I drink several glasses of water a day, or I'm making sure that I don't sit at my desk for six hours in a row. And he starts to engage. He asks questions. He talks to them. He gives advice. And then once he's done all of that, as soon as somebody you know sparks a little bit of interest, he'll just put a link and go, just in case it's interested to you, I'm just about to start a seven-week course. It starts on Monday. Do you want to join in? And because he's added value, because they know who he is, they've made friends, that gives him the right to go and talk to them and offer them their, his services because they get it. They understand him. They like him. I love that, Henry, because it's about building trust, about building trust, connecting with people. One last thing I would say about social media before we move on, and I know this is a very broad sweep of the subject is that lots of people are moving away from being on Facebook. And I get it. What I want you to see is these are business tools to communicate with people. Facebook is another version of the telephone or the fax machine. Do you remember fax machines, Henry? I don't think I've ever seen a fax machine, Alan. Have you not? (laughs) My general point is it's a way of communicating with people. So if you have a disdain for these places, I get it. I understand it. I'm not asking to use it for your personal life. I'm saying it is an incredible tool for business to reach out to people. And if you reframe it like that, it can give you energy to have a go at it. So that's number five, social media. Let's move on. In number six, Henry. Number six, we have something that I like to call, and everybody likes to call, backlinks. Now, backlinks are an interesting one to explain. A backlink is essentially a link from one person's website back to yours. Now, the idea here, and and this is kind of sharing the audience, it's similar to the guest blogging stuff that we've already been talking about, but this is more of the technical side of it. If there is a link from somebody else's website coming back to yours, it's more likely to push traffic because they've got people on their website and it gives them a direct route through. 
But also Google and search engines love to see it when websites with high traffic are linking back to yours. That's one of the key things. They need to have more traffic than you because Google will see them as a valuable website anyway. And just the fact that they have a link from that website back to yours tells Google that it is a useful piece of content. There is value here. So it's more likely to push you up the search engine. But more importantly than that, it gives people a direct route from that website that they're already on through to yours. Which I had an experience recently, Henry. We made friends with a journalist who wrote an article about our finance course. That got us in the newspaper. And we asked cheekily, like, the course is free. Would you mind putting a link at the bottom of the article? And she did. And 200 and something people came through and said they wanted to register for the course. Like, that's the power of the backlink. Go to somewhere that already has traffic, that already has the audience, and then get it to link back to your website. So you're kind of siphoning off where the traffic already is. You're siphoning off the people where they already are. Like, find where that traffic is, and then try and get some of it back to your site. Backlinks. There's actually a lot we could talk about with backlinks, isn't there, Henry? But this is, we're doing you a very broad brush. We want to inspire you with the ideas. Take the top two or three of these 10 ways to get traffic and implement. Go and have fun. We should have given you enough just to be able to go to Google and search, how do I get backlinks? Or have a go, speak to some friends with a website. We should have just given you enough inspiration to be able to start And that's the purpose of this episode, is to get you thinking and moving. So let's bring us on to number seven, Henry. Yes, number seven. And you'll be glad to know that backlinks are at play in number seven as well. So there is still some more content going here. Number seven is industry-specific marketplaces. Now, that's a really, really long way of me saying Etsy or Airbnb or Checkertrade or TripAdvisor. It's that kind of thing. Mm. Now, for every single industry, there will be a listing or a website or a marketplace that already has a huge amount of traffic that you can put your business. And quite often, it will be a listing. Sometimes it will be a picture with links and a description. Sometimes if it's something like Airbnb, that's where your entire business will operate from. But there will be a marketplace for every single industry. You need to put your business there because that's where people go to find it. If you are a craft business, Etsy is an incredible way of finding new customers. Now, Etsy will take a cut of your sales if you make sales through them, but it's a way of people finding you. They're much more likely to come to you directly when they want to buy again. So that money that you're giving to Etsy is actually just more of a marketing spend, and you only spend that cash if you sell something. So it's all good. It's the same with Airbnb. It's the same with things like TripAdvisor, Yelp. You know, there is a listing for every single industry. And the way that backlinks are at play here is that every single one of these should link back, should, keyword, or actually, no, I'm going to change that, will. Each one of these will link back to your website. Because you make it happen. Put the link in there. Make it happen. You've got to link back to your website. None of this stuff works if people can't click on it and get back to where you're going. Like none of this stuff works. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And like nobody else is going to fight your corner. This is your business. It is up to you to make sure that this stuff is in place. So every single listing, every website that you can possibly get your business on, every free website 
may I add, because there's a lot of them, make sure your business is on there listed with a link back to your website because you are much more likely to find customers. I love that. Go to where the customers already are, bring them back to your website. In at number eight, Henry, what do we have at number eight? Now, number eight, some of you are going to be over the moon that I'm bringing this in. Old school marketing. Old school. Old school. And I mean Simon will love this. He's a sucker for old school marketing. He really is. I'm talking about letters through doors, flyers in hands, phone calls, networking events, the offline old school marketing techniques that we've always done that are still happening today. Use these to drive traffic back to your website. Use these to get customers looking at your business. If you're at a networking event and you spark a conversation with somebody who's a potential customer or maybe has access to potential customers, they should leave that networking event knowing exactly what it is that you do and over the moon excited about what it is that you do. You just want to send them that website as a brochure. You want to go, look, if you need more information, here is everything. Here's the website. Here's my business. But for everything else, here's my phone number. Please call me tomorrow. I'd love to chat about how we can roll this out. It seems obvious. And you know, I don't want to teach you to suck eggs because we all know this stuff is valuable but you'd be amazed at how much traffic this brings back. We still we still send out flyers for every single event that we run at the Rebel Business School, even some of our online events. I sent 9,000 flyers to part of Newcastle for one of our Newcastle events. The amount of traffic that brought back to our website was immense because it's putting things out there. Now, With this sort of marketing, you do have to put a lot in the top of the funnel. You have to do a lot of it. You need to send out a thousand flyers before you're going to get one inquiry because it is mass marketing. But you'd be amazed because this will drive traffic. This will bring people, it'll make people aware. And at the very least, they'll see your business once so that when they see it on Facebook, when you're adding value later, they're much more likely to click on it because it's familiar. They recognize it. And actually, this all builds up together, doesn't it? Because we see you on Facebook, we see a link to an article, we read the article, then we see a flyer. Oh, and there they are on Airbnb or Etsy or wherever it is. And then I'm like, oh, they're also on Google My Business. And I've seen you five, six, seven, eight times. And like, oh, okay, I ought to actually take this seriously. Look, there they are again. And it compounds. And I think this is interesting. When you start off, it'll be like working really hard to get one person to visit your website. The next month, it'll be easier because 10 will visit. The next month, 100 will visit. And it compounds, it grows, it becomes exponential. And this builds up on each other. And what Henry and I always suggest is do a little bit every week. Just keep working at this, keep doing it. And it compounds, it builds, it grows over time. You've got to keep putting energy into this. So old school marketing get off Facebook, get off social media and talk to people, do a bit of old school marketing. And the interesting bit is the more digital we become as a world, the harder it is to cut through in the digital world because the more there is of it and the easier it is to cut through in the physical world because there's less there. So it's very interesting. In marketing, I often talk about do the opposite. If everyone in your industry is sending Facebook messages, then do the opposite, send a fax. I don't know, whatever it is. Henry doesn't even know what a fax is. Probably some of you are too young. But do you know what I mean? Like, do the thing that makes you stand out that no one else is doing. That's how you do it. So there's number eight, old school marketing. 
This brings us up onto number nine, which we actually did an entire episode on this subject, Henry. Yes, yes, we did. So number nine is SEO. It is the search engine optimization. It is being in Google. Now, I wanted to add this to my list again, because it is relevant. It is something that's going to be useful. I just want to highlight that it's not a quick win. And actually, a mixture of all of this other stuff we've been chatting about will help this to happen quicker. But working on your SEO, making sure that you've got the relevant content in, making sure the website loads quickly, making sure that your business is set up and Google is aware of it, eventually people are going to start finding you. And I think this is the big thing with with marketing is you can either be active or you can be passive. And the dream is that all of our marketing is passive. We don't have to do anything and people find us and business just happens. That's the dream, isn't it? Unfortunately, it doesn't exist. It won't ever happen. But there is a point where passive marketing will start to happen, but it happens alongside all the rest of this stuff. So search engine optimization is a great way of driving traffic, but it doesn't happen quickly. It's a long-term play. So you want to, as Alan said, do a little bit, do little and often, do a little bit every week, just get this stuff ticking along, drive traffic. It will eventually grow and you'll start showing up. People will start to find you, but it's because of the active marketing that you've done historically that makes that possible. So go and listen to episode 22, Getting to the Top of Google, which Henry and I talk about search engine optimization and how to get started. That brings us on to number 10, which I think is actually the most important one of the whole list, Henry. We've saved the best for last. Number 10, what is it? I told you these weren't in any order. I lied. It's ending with the best one. (laughs) Number 10 is mailing list. Mailing list. You need, as a business, a list of people that are interested in what you do, or maybe they've already bought something You need a list of contact details that you can send a message to every single time you launch a new service, a new product, update the website, put a new blog post. Every time something happens in your business, you need to have a list of people that you can tell about it. Imagine you've got a list of a thousand people that care about what you're doing. They're interested in what you're doing. As soon as you launch a new product, how many of them do you think are going to buy? It's going to be a percentage, even if it's 5%, 1%. That's a really nice group of 10 people. That's 10 sales straight through the door before you've done anything. Having a mailing list that you engage regularly and you make friends with, build relationships with, is an incredible way of repeatedly driving traffic to your website, getting your content views and getting your sales in quickly. If you haven't read the article, 1000 True Fans by Kevin Kelly, this is the basis of that. Go read the article, type in 1000 true fans, Kevin Kelly, read that article because this is what you're building to. If you can get a thousand people that love what you do on your mailing list and they'll spend a hundred dollars or a hundred pounds with you a year, you have a hundred thousand pound business. It's unbelievable, but people don't do this. We didn't do this, Henry. We didn't do this in our own business, and I regret it massively. We did not start building the list when we were building pop-up business school back in the day that's now Rebel Business School. We didn't do it. We could have had a huge list of incredible customers, but we wasted it. All these people we've met over the years, we never stayed in touch. We never helped. Like, Don't make the same mistakes we've made. Start building your list from day one. And MailChimp give you up to 2,000 people free. There's plenty of other services out there that are, if you're in Europe, GDPR compliant, 
The Americans, you don't necessarily need to worry about that. There are plenty of places out there that will help you build that list. Just start collecting email addresses right now. Have a capture form on your website. When you get a customer, say to them, is it okay if I add you to my mailing list so I can tell you about future products when we launch them and what we're doing? If you aren't building a mailing list, you are missing out on the most valuable opportunity in your business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing with the mailing list, it gives people another option. Because at the moment, if you have a product-based business, people are coming to your website, looking at your products, going, wow, these look really cool. But actually, I, I can't afford it yet. You know, I'm waiting for payday or it's just not right for me yet. Use the mailing list as an alternative. Not quite ready to buy. Give me your email. I'll let you know when I'm doing a sale, et cetera, et cetera. It's that kind of thing. You want to be building this list. And just going on to what Alan said, MailChimp, I would wholeheartedly recommend that you start with MailChimp. It has the best deliverability percentage. It's the most likely to actually land in people's inbox. Uh, And as you say, you get 2,000 people for free. And it's a really, really nice, like, it's a really simple builder for your email campaigns. So I'd recommend that. So get your mailing list built, include all of your previous customers, communicate with them regularly, because I guarantee that is going to end up in some sales and some brilliant website traffic really quickly. Build the list. Start now. Build the list. And we should do an entire episode on lists, Henry. We really should. We really should. So there are the top 10 ways to drive traffic to your website that's meant to give you some ideas and get you going. Henry Nicholson, you are always a legend. I love doing these shows with you. You are always full of fun and things. If people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, like, do they come to the Rebel Business School site? Where do they go? How do people find out more about you if they are so inclined? Yeah, I would say uh, Rebel Business School dot com or sorry the rebel school.com i should probably know our own url i'm a web designer ladies and gentlemen <laughs> uh, pretty much a hundred percent of the stuff i do is on the rebel school i do have my own instagram and stuff like that you can find that through the website but yeah rebel school is where all of my stuff usually is ladies and gentlemen henry nicholson i imagined a large cheer and i'm still imagining it now yeah, we'll get, we'll get Andrew, the editor, to add in some fake cheering for you, Henry. <laughs> now, marketing can be a little bit overwhelming because there's so many things you could do. There's so many things you could try. And Henry and I just hit you with 10 ways to promote your website, 10 ways to get traffic, 10 ways to get going. And there was a lot there. There was a huge amount. So here's what I want you to do with it. I want you to choose three to do marketing mini experiments with, and to go out and test. And I would suggest one of them is number 10, the mailing list. Like, I don't really care what business it is you're doing. Like, do the mailing list one, build a mailing list. That is critical. So then all you've got to do is choose other two others and have a go. So number one was paid ads. Number two was Google My Business. Number three, blogging. Number four, guest blogging. Number five, social media. Number six, backlinks. Number seven, specific marketplaces like Etsy, Airbnb, etc. Number eight, old school marketing, flyers, posters, networking. Number nine, search engine optimization. And number 10, the mailing list. All I want you to do is choose 
three and run some marketing mini experiments over the next couple of weeks on those ideas. None of this will work for you unless you work it. You have to put the work into getting customers to visit your website. If you just leave it there, nothing happens. And like I've seen a great example of that recently with my blog. Like the blog traffic, when I post every now and again, is tiny. I just write a post and I don't really do the work to share it, to promote it. I just build it and I hope people would come. But if I use my mailing list, if I share the idea with people, if I promote it on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, if I promote my stuff, the traffic to my blog goes up. Like this is not rocket science and I shouldn't be surprised by this. I shouldn't be surprised. I know this stuff. If you don't do the work to promote, then people won't come to your site. If people don't come to your site, they won't know what you do, who you are, or how to buy. You've got to get out there and promote it. And it is your daily actions in driving traffic and promotion that will build and bring those sales in, bring the people into your website. So that's what I'd love you to do. Pick three, run some marketing mini experiments, learn as you go and have a go. Go out there, take action and start to build the business of your dreams. Thank you for listening to The Rebel Entrepreneur. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.